Hello everybody and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, please take a moment to rate our podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen. It will help others find the show. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week, we're hearing from Frankie, who spoke about the role of self-forgiveness and unconditional love in their recovery. Please enjoy. Awesome. Um, Joe, if I could get a five and a one, that'd be great. Um, I'm Frankie. My uh, pronouns are they, them, and I am definitely an adult child. Um, Yeah, I'm going to read two short passages today. Um, And this is also my first time speaking in this program in ACA. Um, I'm definitely a little bit nervous, but also excited. Um, I just want to thank my higher power for the opportunity to be of service and to be in recovery and to get to share a little bit with all of you. Um, So I'm going to talk about self-forgiveness as well as unconditional love. Um, So I'm going to read something from page 115, and then I'm going to jump and read a little bit from page 249. Sorry, it's actually 113. Um, Self-forgiveness is an elusive concept for adult children. We ask that the adult child keep an open mind and consider that God has already forgiven the person. God is waiting for the adult child's acceptance of such a blessing. We realize that we are practicing the concept of self-forgiveness when we hear ourselves talking about being gentle with ourselves. With such an attitude, we learn to protect our emerging inner child or true self when we make amends to parents or relatives who could still be in denial about their family dysfunction. We go into such amends knowing our inner child is listening, but also knowing we are attempting to correct our damaging behavior as adults. We know we have made mistakes based on bad information from childhood, but we are focusing on our behavior and our need to change. We do not make excuses for our behavior, yet self-forgiveness gives us, a gen- gives us a gentler view of who we are and what we are trying to change in our lives. We nurture our inner child by forgiving ourselves and turning over our parents and children to God as we understand God. And then I'm going to read a little something from further on. This is page 249. We must remember that God's grace is limitless for those who truly want to change. The higher power is there whether we have failed one time or a thousand times. Always we are loved by God as we understand God. This is difficult for an adult child raised in a punishing or judgmental home to understand. We think we have limited chances or only one chance. After acting out, we want to be punished, but a loving God waits for the right moment of surrender. We must surely try and surely be willing. A higher power loves us the same whether we have failed or succeeded. A loving God never abandons an adult child truly wanting change and making an effort. Um, Okay, yeah. Um, 
So I'm going to share a little bit um, just about my background to start and why this has, you know, these passages like really spoke to me and felt resonant um, and how I'm putting them to practice my recovery. Um, so I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish community um, with two very, very codependent, very sick uh, addict parents. Um, uh, yeah, my, my mother was just like, and is this, this very um, mean, controlling, um, violent, <laughs> aggressive person who, um, who is unfortunately, yeah, like really, really living um, with like her addiction and her avoidance of feelings is like the center of her world at this time. And my dad um, is um, kind of just like very uh, enabling of her and has always been um, very emotionally withdrawn and uh, quiet and sad. Um, he like lives with clinical depression. Uh, there were many times throughout my childhood where he would kind of um, be in bed for like a few weeks or a few months. Uh, at one point, a few, a few years where he didn't really, um, was not really able to like partake in life very much. Um, and my mom kind of uh, was like the center of our family. Um, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, like my, my parents, like addiction was, was their priority um, for, bo for both of them as I was growing up. Um, a lot of both my emotional and physical needs really went unmet. Um, and when I did need to ask for my needs to be met, um, it, it, it was like quite painful um, because, uh, you know, I, I just like continue to want to receive, um, you know, things like having my physical needs met in the way of like being taken to the doctor or like, um, you know, having new clothes bought for me or like emotional needs, like I wanted to uh, feel, feel cared about and like be able to feel, um, you know, like validation that I was like loved and part of a family unit. And um, it was just like treated as if those were like preposterous requests. Like, um, like I was just like asking something ridiculous to like go to the doctor when I was ill or something, you know, um, and, and that was like, yeah, uh, it, it became something that I had to like apologize for, for being like alive. Um, and my mother would say like the word to me when we would fight or argue, she would, she would often tell me that she like wished that I, that I was not born. Um, and that was something that I just like heard from a very, very young age and really got into my brain. Um, I also have um, a history of sexual abuse from a family member, and that is something that uh, was shared with my sister as well from my, from my uncle. Um, and as an adult, I learned that, um, I learned that he had also sexually abused my mom when she was a teenager. Uh, and so this is something that like has been passed down and something that, you know, uh, it's just like an additional uh, bond <laughs> over over this like shared trauma that had us in these um, 
coping mechanisms that were that were just like really um, not working, you know, and causing further dysfunction. Um, yeah, so I I developed a lot of like really um, unhealthy coping mechanisms really young. I started like hurting myself at a very young age physically. By the time I was like eight or nine, um, you know, my, my mom loves to tell the story of how she was like called into the office at school by a guidance counselor uh, and was told when I was in fifth grade that I was cutting myself and how she told them that it wasn't true and I told her it wasn't true and she believed me and how I was like a liar for lying to her when she eventually found out about it later on. Um, and uh, very quickly like kind of developed just like a cycle of uh, of all these unhealthy coping mechanisms to get out of my brain and like not have to feel and uh, to like to, to distance myself from my reality. Um, and so it's kind of just a cycle of like yeah, hurting myself physically and then um, like unhealthy unhealthy sex was like a big thing for me. I was like really looking to like fulfill myself that way um, and uh, developed like a few really severe eating disorders. Um, spent a lot of a lot of high school like in treatment for that, um, you know, and kind of cycled through them all. Like started with binge eating, but then like uh, experienced bulimia and then anorexia, and that's something that like continues to follow through with me through my life, even as an adult now. Um, yeah, and I also dealt with addiction for a period of time. Went to rehab, um, and it was just kind of like this this cycle over and over where it was like always just looking for something. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of these behaviors, um, you know, made me act in ways that are really like deeply unaligned with my values. Um, and now as an adult, I, I, I get to have like values that I get to stand by and I, I get to like choose how I walk through the world. Um, but at this, you know, as a kid, I, I didn't get to really, um, I, I didn't really get to have have choice of how I was reacting because I was in this just like so actively traumatizing environment that um, I really just like needed to survive and um, you know it I, I've carried on a lot of shame through my adult life around um, how I've acted um, because of because of my traits you know my survival traits um, and you know like I, I through like sexual compulsion, I've had terrible boundaries. Um, and I've like hurt people that I've loved and I have um, hurt myself deeply. Um, and yeah, I have like <laughs> really, really acted in ways that, um, that have led to like a lot of deep shame. And um, it's been really, really essential and transformative for me to understand these things um, and these actions as like natural reactions to um, to like being in an environment that I had absolutely no control over and where I was just like literally trying trying to survive and like nothing you know nothing beyond that um, but you know as as an adult I now get to get to acknowledge that and like fully understand and believe that and buy into that um, so that I can move forward and change my action and, and now start to live by my values and, um, and, and, and yeah, be a person of integrity who acts in the way that, um, that feels aligned with my truth and that isn't just repeating um, 
my parents need to, to, you know, to dissociate and to not feel um, at any cost because I, I get to choose like the cost of my actions and if it's worth it today. Um, and I also want to talk on unconditional love here um, because um, that was, you know, like I, I, I don't think I really, f I'm still working to understand what that really means. The idea of like unconditional love because that, that just did not exist in my home. It wasn't something that I experienced ever. Um, you know, it was like I had to like sing and dance in just the right ways and minimize myself as much as possible. Like all my needs had to be just like so small. It was like the quieter I was, the easier I was, and the more that I like affirmed that the way my parents were living was fine and that they were good parents and that even though they, you know, were like so neglectful to like what I actually truly needed, um, if, if they felt, you know, um, okay about themselves, then, then I was okay. And I was like, you know, they would, they would say nice things to me, but the vast majority of the time, um, it, there was like very little love felt in my home. Um, and so to like, uh, just to like understand, you know, how I was really projecting a lot of that onto my idea of a higher power. Um, how I like really have, uh, yeah, assigned a lot of my, my parents' um, requirements for, for love and for validation and for respect um, to God. And that's just like not fair and not, not aligned with what I actually truly believe. Um, and so, yeah, I get to, I get to like remind myself every single day that like, God loves like all of me and a hundred percent of me and that I am actually created of, of this universe. You know, I am like made of, of, of the same materials that like put me into awe. Um, you know, I am like, I, I, I am a, a, like, I believe in like a, a more religious version of God. And I also believe as like the universe itself as a higher power and they both exist for me at the same time and understanding myself as like part of this universe that is made with like pure intention. Um, I understand that like there is no way that a God that I, that I get to choose um, could not love me in my entirety. Um, and so, you know, today I get to practice like, I get to question like, do I actually have to like, I have this, this habit of when I'm doing poorly when I'm struggling with some of my coping mechanisms or I'm not not working my program the way I want to that I will like stop connecting to my spirituality as much I'll pull back and I get to question today like what if I have a higher power that like wants me to show up in my imperfection and wants me to show up like no matter where I'm at and is actually like there with like open arms no matter what is going on and no matter no matter um yeah no, no matter how I'm able to show up and like what if i have a god that does not need me to um thanks uh to yeah to to be anything at all um and like what if i can apply that to myself as well and to how i understand myself and like provide myself with the same unconditional love that i know in my heart god has for me um, because i have all these stipulations to like when i deserve love and when i deserve to feel like I'm doing well and when I deserve care, when I deserve connection and, you know, friendship um, is only when I'm like, you know, I look a certain way 
And, you know, if I, if I gain fucking five pounds, I'm like, oh, God, stop talking to my friends. Nobody wants to hear from me. Can't love myself. Um, if I, you know, if, if I'm, like, acting out in any kind of way, if I, if I am, like, not, you know, if there's, like, anything that feels, like, unaligned that I'm not proud of, um, my, like, self-love is, like, the first thing to go out the window, and I become so harsh and mean to myself again. And so I get to question, and I'm, like, actively working on... Um, you know, understanding uh, my recovery in a way where I, I get to love myself like exactly as I am today so that I can become the version of myself that I am working towards um, with love and with gentleness and with compassion and grace. Um, and yeah, um, that, that's my share. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm really excited to hear what y'all have to say. Um, and yeah, I... I'm grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah.